talking about man, spirit, soul, and body. How many of you have been in most all of that? Yeah, there's... How many have not been in any of it? Um, some, most of you didn't raise your hand for e- either one. So, yeah. How, how many of you... Uh, how many of you... Uh, let's see. We're here last week. Yeah, so you got a, a review. Good. I, I'm just trying to see how much of it I need to review. Let's just hit some high points so we can move on so we can get finished with this. How about that? Y'all like that? Yeah. Okay. Man, spirit, soul, and body. We talked about your spirit deals with the spiritual realm, your soul deals with the mental realm, and your body deals with the physical realm. We talked about we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in this thing that's called a body. And we have to really watch our... We will get things out of sync. And by out of sync, I mean... We will let the physical realm dominate the spiritual realm. What should happen is when people get saved, we talked about it the first day that we began on this, when people get saved, their natural tendency is they want to do whatever God wants them to do. The instant that they get saved, their natural tendencies kind of get pushed aside for just a little bit, and their spiritual tendencies are strong for a very short span of time. And they pay attention to them. Then all of a sudden, after that short span of time, their physical begins to take over again. If you don't yield more to the spiritual than to the physical, one is going to dominate more than the other. It's whichever one you yield to. And if you think more about the physical than you do the spiritual, the physical is going to dominate more. And if you think more about the spiritual than you do the physical, then the spiritual will dominate more. So you have to make a decision at some point in your life which one is going to dominate you more. And you don't want to become flaky and become no uh, earthly good to anyone that you just are useless to anybody by just quoting them scriptures all day long because most people don't want to hear that. you got to find out the bait that works to help people because God said he would make us fishers of men. And most people don't want you to go around telling them Get saved, get saved, get saved. That bait don't usually work. It runs them off, right? So we want to find out exactly what does work. So we talked about that. So spirit, soul, and body we've been talking about. So we talked about um, four ways to develop your spirit. The first one was meditate on the word. Meditate meant to mutter. And we talked about those things that without doing that, in Joshua that you wouldn't, your way wouldn't be prosperous and you wouldn't have good success. You can try to have good success, but without putting the word first, you're not going to have good success. We talked about number two, to practice the word, just like David did. He practiced on the lion. He practiced on the bear. So then he was able to slay Goliath. You remember that, right? All right. And then last week we talked about giving the word first place in your life. And we are not last week, but the week before that, I guess it was, right? Um, Giving the word first place in your life. And we got off on healing. And we talked about if you were standing and believing for healing in your body, to go home and get healing scriptures that talked about different things for healing in your body and not just to claim healing instantly. How many of you actually did that? I asked you that Friday night, but how many of you actually did that? Did you see by reading those things, that it just began to grow in you a little bit more than it had before? 
that you remembered things about healing that you didn't before? How many of you begin to see that as you were reading those healing scriptures? That things in you, you can see as you read the word, there's something inside you that you can just almost feel building up and growing and getting bigger inside you. And that's what happens when you read the word. There is a man inside you that starts almost yelling, let me out of here. I can take care of this. I'm bigger than that. I can fix this. But what happens is, if we don't ever feed him, he's weak. And he can't fix anything for us. Because he's so weak that he doesn't have a say. Because we keep feeding the other thing, so he's stronger. Okay? So if you feed the natural, he's stronger, and you do more what he says than if you feed your spirit. And when you feed your spirit on healing, and you, you constantly put in front of your eyes, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. He took my infirmities, and he bore my sicknesses, and so by his stripes, I was healed. I was healed. And if you keep saying that, I was healed. I, me, I was healed. Jesus did it for me. And you keep reading that over and over and over and over and over again. He bore my sicknesses. He took my infirmities. I was healed. It's been done for me. He did it for me. And you read that over and over again, and you quit seeing the word sick in your mind, but you keep seeing the word healed in your mind. What is the predominant thing that comes to you? Healing. Where if you keep hearing constantly the word, oh, symptom, hurt, pain, sick, hurt, pain, sick, what is the predominant thing in your mind? Sickness. So that's what we talked about last week. So how many of you actually got to a point during the week that you were able to Say, okay, I got this. I'm going to pray a prayer now. Like James says, pray a prayer of faith and release my faith and say, Lord, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Raise your hand. Okay, well, at the end of the service today, somebody be bold enough to remember to remind me we're going to pray a prayer of faith of healing, all right, over everybody in here. How many of you were not here Friday night? I don't, oh, my word. I was hoping that Keith took care of that for everybody because he had a real healing service Friday night. I'm telling you what, it was awesome. And I just thought, God, you are so good to us because you made us study on healing for two weeks. And then Keith comes in and didn't even know what we had taught on and did a healing service. So it was really, really good. So, But now I want to go on and we'll release our faith on healing for everybody that read their healing scriptures for a little bit. And I want to talk to you today about number four on building up your spirit. So you know you've got to get in the Word to build up that area of your life, whether it's finances. Did you know, before we do go on, did you know that you can be very strong in one area spiritually and very weak in one area spiritually? Did you know that you could have very strong faith for finances and very weak for healing? Because you've studied about it. I know just in Keith's life, for year after year after year, he taught in healing school. I mean, that was one of the very first things he did at Rhema. He, Brother Hagen said, you know, we, one man can't do everything by himself. So, Keith, I want you to start teaching healing school. 
So he started teaching. He taught healing school in the morning. They started out, they didn't really know their schedule yet. They, Brother Hagen is just like any other man. He said, you know what? We don't know just how we're going to do this, so y'all start a night class. Well, they started a night class. That didn't work out. So then Brother Hagen says, well, that's not working out. Let's start something else. So they started a morning class. Well, then the morning class, they said, let's invite everybody. Well, that didn't work out. So they said, no, let's just invite the sick. So they just invited the sick, and there was two people there. So then they started, let's start an afternoon class. So they... They changed it two or three times. So he was teaching actually healing morning, noon, and night before it all got done. And then we'd go out on the weekends and he'd teach healing again. So sometimes he was teaching healing 26 to 30-something times a week. I mean, healing in the morning, healing in the noontime, healing when the sun went down, literally. But you know one thing about him? He is never sick. You will never see him sick. He never has a sniffle. He never has a cold. He never has a symptom. He is never sick. Never. He is never. If he was to walk up to me and say, Phil, I'm sick, I think I would just pass out cold. (laughs) Because he is never sick. Never. He is never sick. I think I saw him sick one time. And it's because he ate some bad pizza. And I think he's t- y'all have heard the story about him telling about healing school where he got sick on the bad pizza and I told him not to drink water and he drank the water anyway and so he threw up in the podium. Yeah, that story. Yeah. Yeah. In healing school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, he's never sick. So a few years later, he started saying, you know what, we're broke, Phil. I said, yeah, I know, sweetheart. You don't have to remind me of that point. He said, you know what the Lord was showing me? I have never been sick. I said, yeah, I've noticed. He said, I just wondered if I studied as much about finances as I did about healing, reckon we would never be broke again another day in our life? Like I've never been sick another day again in my life? I thought, get on it, bud. Because, you know, sickness may not affect me. I have to study that for myself. But brokenness, bud, that's going to affect me. And you know what he did? How many of you have ever heard him teach on finances? Changed our life. Changed our way of living. Changed everything we do. And we ain't broke no more. I mean, I got more than a shredded carrot, a shriveled up carrot and a dead onion in the refrigerator now. I mean, and that's where we were when the Lord told him that. But it's because he put the word in his mouth about healing morning, noon, and night. Morning, noon, and night. He kept putting that word in. He kept putting that word in. He kept putting that word in. So if there's a deficiency in your life, don't let the devil kid you that you're further along than what you are. Because if there's a deficiency, it's because there's a word deficiency. It's like you can have a vitamin deficiency in an area and you don't even know what that vitamin deficiency is. But when you find out what that vitamin deficiency is, you you begin to take that vitamin and your body begins to flourish and your nails begin to flourish and your hair begins to flourish and and your beautiful complexion begins to flourish. Whatever it is, you know? But if you're deficient in it, you shrivel and things get bad for you. You can have an iron deficiency or a calcium deficiency. You've seen people with calcium deficiencies and they begin to do this number. But if you get it, then you stand up straight. 
Right? Well, it's the same thing with the Word. You get the Word on whatever subject it is that you're deficient in. I don't care what subject it is. There is a Word that will fix it. So say you're deficient in marriage. Say your marriage, maybe you got money coming out your ears. Raise your hand if you do. Everybody in here wants to know it. No. See, you waited. You missed your opportunity. Let's try that again. Let's try it again. Say you just got money coming out of your ears. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Good, 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 good. Because we're all prosperous in here. That was your good confession time. That's right. All right, good. But your marriage is getting better all the time. Okay? So you just want to know more about it. Well, you can listen to what the world says and do what your flesh says, or you can get your deficiency fixed right here. Well, it's the same thing with your kids. Maybe your kids are spa- have been in the past spastic. I won't make a confession over their future. Okay? They have been, as soon as you walked in this door this morning, they were ballistic. But they're getting better. The Word will tell you what to do. But don't just go on day after day after day after day after day after day wondering what to do. Find the time to get you some scriptures on it, just like what we did on healing, and get the answers on it. But then when you do that, this is where people get mixed up. This was the greatest revelation to Keith and I. Because while he was working at healing school, this was like the number one question that people would ask him. And I know probably every hand in here will raise. Now, Brother Keith, I've got the word. It says, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. He took my infirmities. He bare my sicknesses. I don't have to bear them anymore. I'm healed. So, here's my glasses. I don't need them anymore. Here's my medicine. Flush it down the toilet. See how quiet it got. That was the very first question most people would ask. If I'm healed... Why am I still on this medication? Why am I still taking this? Why am I still having to do this? Why am I still having to do that? Because you cannot separate hearing from God or from the Word from being led by the Spirit. You can't separate it. You can't separate the Word from being led by the Spirit. And that's what the next point is. Number four, instantly obey the voice of the Spirit. I think that's one of the greatest things that Brother Hagen taught us, and I thank God for him on a regular basis. Often we think that we can ignore the voice of the Spirit and continue doing just what the Word says. But you can't. And I'm going to give you some examples of it in here this morning. Turn with me, if you would, to Ruth 1.6. It says in the King James, Ruth is one of my favorite books of the Bible because Ruth didn't have to go with Naomi. She chose to go with Naomi. But do you know why she chose to go with Naomi? 
because something inside her kept leading her and urging her, whether she even knew it or not, to do that. And listen to this verse. It said, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited the people, giving them bread. Then Ruth, verse 2, 2. Then Ruth said, And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Now let me go into the field and glean the ears of corn after him in whose sight I might find grace. And he said to her, Oh, she said to her, go, my daughter. I don't know if you know the story of Ruth well enough to know even what I'm telling you or not. But the story of Ruth is Naomi's husband died. She had two daughter-in-laws. Ruth being the one that decided to go with Naomi because she felt like in her heart that's what she should do. Well, they get to this land, and they're starving to death, literally starving to death. Two women go to this foreign country, and they're starving to death. So she goes out into this field, being led to go out into this field, and starts picking the grain behind the people that had already done the field. That's what she does. She's not a lazy person. She goes out there and starts picking up the grain out of the field. Now, that is a leading that she got to do. Now, what if she had not done that? Anybody that's ever read Ruth knows what happened to Ruth. Ruth became, from being a pauper to being a very, very, very rich woman. Because the man that owned that field took a liking to the very little cute maiden that was in that field. And he began to watch over the field and tell the people, hey, you know what? I noticed that little lady that was out there in the field. Why don't y'all just, as y'all are picking the grain and stuff, just let some fall on the ground easy for her to pick up. Make it real easy on her to where all she's got to do is just scoop it up and put it in her bag. Right? He made it real easy on her to do that. Well, you know the rest of the story. She ends up marrying Boaz. Right? Her life turns out pretty good, right? For doing what she was led to do. From being broke to becoming very, very wealthy. Well, what about your life? Can you... Just sit there and know that the Bible says, My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Can we just sit there and quote that verse day in and day out, and all the while God is saying, You know what? Go over here and put in your application. Or go see this man about this truck or go and uh, visit Aunt Susie or go and see Uncle Tom or go fishing. You all know the story about the taxes. Jesus, they asked him about the taxes and he told them to go fishing. God does things differently than what you think he's going to do them. 
just like Keith taught recently, the water pots and the wine. Go fill those pots up with water. And he turned it into wine. You've got to be very, very careful about when the Holy Spirit leads you to do something, you don't reason it out with your head. Because the Holy Spirit is not like the devil. The devil will come and he'll say, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Why aren't you doing it? Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. And he'll sit on your shoulder and he's like, do it, 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 do it. Why ain't you done it yet? Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Why ain't you done it yet? Do it, do it. You don't deserve this. Go talk to them. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You're better than that. Do it. Do it. Do it. You don't have to put up with this. Do it. Do it. Do it. Talk back to them. Do it. Do it. Give them a piece of your mind. Do it. Do it. Do it. Open that mouth. Do it. Do it. Do it. To a point where you can hardly keep from doing it. You're going to, you're going to, oh. Because he is a pusher. That's what he does, is he pushes you to do things. But not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. And he'll say, you know what? I think you ought to get up, go over there and see Brother Sam today. Why do I need to see Sam today? Silence. Absolute silence. You don't know anything. You don't know why. And this is your mind. But Lord, if if I figure this out right, if I don't go anywhere but to church and to work, I've got enough gas to make it this week. And the Holy Ghost is just going to sit there. And he's going to say in your heart, go see Brother Sam. And your mind, the devil is going to say, gas, 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 ha ha, you ain't got no gas, ha ha, you can't go see Sam, you ain't got no gas, you can't go see Sam. And that's what the devil is going to do. Every time the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, the devil is going to be right there to give you 26 excuses why you cannot do it. And they're going to be good ones. Oh, he's going to, he's going to, he is the master of reasoning. He will reason with you till you are blue in the face. And you're dumb as a blonde. Well, blondes are not dumb. Excuse me. A brunette. (laughs) Ah, got it. Yes. Um, If you listen to him. Because I'm telling you, he is always out to get you. He's always out to set a trap for you. 
But you must instantly, if you can, as soon, I mean instantly, I mean the moment he says, go to Sam's, you say, grab my keys, get into my car, go to Sam's. Don't think about your gas. Don't think about the time. Don't think about what else you got to do. Don't think about who else is around. Don't think about where you got to go. Don't think about anything else. Get in that car and go to Sam's. I'm not talking about Sam's store. I'm talking about Sam's house, whoever Sam is. Do <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because if you do that, then you win. And what happens is maybe you don't even know who is at Sam's house. But maybe that particular day at Sam's house is the owner of the mill. We'll make this a real story. And you have the particular skills that they're looking for at this mill. Let me just tell you a little story. Keith and I decided to go to Ramah. Well, we didn't have money. We didn't have a job. To say we didn't have nothing would be lying. We had less than nothing. We owed for everything that we had, but God said go to Ramah. So we didn't try to reason it out. It's like Keith said when we were trying to get the building and stuff in Branson. He said, I put a pencil to it, and I realized the pencil didn't work, so I threw it away. Sometimes you can't reason because reasoning doesn't work. So we, we were going to Ramah, and I didn't have a job. I knew he was supposed to go to school, and I was working for a doctor there. So we began to pray, and we said, Lord, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Now, we didn't know anything about Broken Arrow where they didn't have no water. It's a little town close to there. If you are from there, you know the jokes. Um, but anyway... Um, we went there, but before we went there, I was working for a doctor. And during that time, this was like two weeks before we were supposed to go. We only had like a three-week time span to make a decision, get packed, and go. Everything in our life has kind of been that way. It's like God is like instant. Okay, do it now. And the doctor that I was working for just happened to go to a meeting. Uh, and... It's one of those kind where you have to renew your licenses and those kind of things that doctors have to do. Well, he just happened to be at this conference, and they sit down at these th six-foot tables, and there's three doctors at a table, and then there's an aisle, and three other doctors at a table, and then there's an aisle. Well, he just happened to sit down, happened to sit down, right next to a doctor from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Of all the doctors in there, the room was filled with doctors. I think there was 500 doctors in there. So this was not some small thing. He happened to sit down next to a doctor that was in there. And that doctor and he just, the subject that they were talking about, happened to be someone working their front desk area. Now these are all leadings. The doctor that I was working for then, at the last minute leading, because I was going to be able to stay an extra two weeks, decided that he would go ahead and go to this conference then before I left so that the office wouldn't be left unmanned. 
and he wouldn't have to leave it with a new girl. So he went to this meeting. He sat down next to this doctor. This doctor says they're talking about front desk people. I need a front desk person. I sure wish I had a new front desk person. He said, where are you at? He said, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I quit on a Friday in Carthage, Mississippi. I started, I got a phone call on a Friday afternoon from the doctor in Tulsa, getting a pay raise three times what I was making in Carthage and started in Tulsa, Oklahoma, enough that we could go to school and Keith not have to work and get involved in healing school from a doctor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And enough to put Keith through school and work there. Now those are leadings and guidings of the Holy Spirit. You can't orchestrate that with your pencil. You can't orchestrate that if you sit there all day long with this reasoning of your mind. I could have gone to every doctor's office in Tulsa looking for a job. And do you know what? I could have actually, and you know it as well as I know it, walked into this very doctor's office that I was going to work for and asked him for a job and him not knowing me and not getting the recommendation that he got from the doctor there, he could have said no. I'm not even looking for any help. Do you understand that? But when God orchestrates something because you choose to be led by what he shows you on the inside and you don't put it off, you don't wait on it, you move instantly. When you get this, children of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you're a child of God, you've got this knowing inside you. He's not going to beat you over the head with it. You're just going to know, okay? Go do this. You're going to get a knowing. Go put some gas in your car right now, over here at this station. You're going to think, now that is just the dumbest thing. Why would I want to do that? But you don't know that at that gas station is a guy that you haven't seen in 10 years that may want to just hand you some money. Or he may want to say, you know what? I had not seen you in a while. Let me pay for that gas. Or just the opposite. You may need to say, hey, let me pay for your gas. That sets you up for gas for two years. It pays to be led. Let's read another Bible story. If I can find my notes that I threw on the floor. Here we are. 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3. I think this is, let's see if I can find what translation it is for you. I don't even know. I think it's the King James. We may have to change. Maybe the NIV. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. So it may be the... NIV. And they said to the one another, Why sit we here until we die? In other words, there's four men that had been kicked out of the city because they had leprosy. In those days, if you had leprosy, they put you out. So they're sitting outside the city gate, talking to each other, 
And they're saying, why sit we here till we die? In other words, we are going to starve to death if we sit here. We don't have any food and we're going to die. Verse 4. If we say we will enter into the city, then there's famine. Then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they slay us alive, then we'll be alive. If they kill us, we shall but die. Do you get the picture? These guys was going to die whether or not. They had something inside them telling them, you know what, just go over there to that city. So what did they do in verse 5? They rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Verse 6. And the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a voice of chariots and the sound of horses and the noise of the great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against the kings of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Go ahead. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was and fled for their life. Verse 8. And when these lepers came into the uttermost part of the camp, they went into the tent and they did eat and drink and carried away silver and gold and raiment and hid it again. In other words, they had so much food and silver and gold and everything that they could think of because they didn't just sit there where they were and talk about it. They felt like they needed to get up and go do this. And that's what happens to us. When you get a leading or something inside of you, if you just sit there, you could just die sitting where you are. And what they did didn't just affect themselves. Who did it affect? It affected the whole country. It brought food back. They said, we can't just keep all this for ourselves. We've got to go back and tell the others. And they did. And it affected everybody. And that very same thing can happen to you. You may think, this doesn't really matter. It's just such a small thing. But God can direct you in every little issue of your life. You may think the word is exactly what you need to hear in this area. But do I take my medicine or do I not take my medicine? Do I throw away my glasses or do I not throw away my glasses? I am healed, yes. But that very same thing in being healed means that you know, do I keep taking this medicine? Do I cut back on this medicine? Do I throw it? You know what? Throwing away your glasses or throwing away your medicine is not going to heal you. Won't make you healed or not healed. You're already healed. The leading of what the Lord tells you to do is what's the difference in your life. He may tell you to go this way to go home. Why would he tell you? You've gone, it's like people in church. This is the funniest thing to me because we've seen it. We've had the privilege of being able to see it year after year after year. People are creatures of habit. Keith and I, 
uh, stand up here and get to see out. Well, when we got the first church, you know, Keith wanted Dave sitting there and me sitting here so he could find us and tell us things. Well, we, we moved to the Remington, which is the second church that we had. And I didn't want to sit quite up in the front because a lot of times I'm having to deal with stuff. So I'm, I'm either talking to somebody or on the radio or dealing with something. So we moved down one section. And he said, no, I want y'all to move over. Well, everybody that you see, you look at them. And unless we rotate them, which is a command that the Lord gave Keith to rotate everybody, um, we prefer that everybody stays because then we know where they are and we know if they're here on time and stuff like that. But Keith said that the Lord told him to rotate everybody. So I'm not going to mess with what the Lord tells somebody. Are you? No. Um, so anyway, people are creatures of habit. You can tell if people are here or not by if their seat's filled. Because they'll come and sit in the same seat all the time. They'll drive exactly the same way to church all the time. When sometimes another way may be quicker or another, it may be. But what I'm trying to get across to you is don't do that. By that I mean don't be so adamant about this is the way I do it. And let me explain to you why. Because if you're so adamant about this is the way I do it, then you're not open to listening to the way he wants you to do it. I learned a long time ago, I don't have a way. I don't have a way. There's a lot of things that go on in this church. There's a lot of things that goes on in the other church that it's, I would just as soon not have to ever deal with issues. You know that? It'd be so good to never have to have any controversies or never, and I could just say, okay, God, just let them do what they want to do. Oh, it'd be so great. But you know what? God has a way he wants things done. And so I, it's either me apologize to you or apologize to him. Which do you think is better? So, but that's what you have to do. You have to decide. Okay, so tell me your names. Linda. Linda. Chris. Linda and Chris have been here how long? Since the first day. Since the first day. Have y'all sitting close to these same seats every time? No. no. You moved a couple of times? Okay. How many times? Did, but most of the time. I think I've seen y'all here a lot of the times. Okay. Have y'all seen them here lots of the times? Uh-huh. Okay. How many of you, let me, let me just see a show of hands. Now, be honest. How many of you sitting close to the same seat you sit every time? Look at your hands. Look at your hands. Okay. Now, but what if the Lord says, you know what? I want you to sit over here today because you're going to come in contact with somebody that I need you to minister to today. Amen. You know what? We hardly want to do it. Because we have to put our flesh under. And you know what I've come to find out about this life? Phyllis has to reckon herself dead every single morning. You know what that means? You know, it's kind of like going on a diet. Let me explain. Some days you think it's easier just not to eat nothing than it is to control yourself halfway through the plate and push it away. Does that make sense to anybody that's ever done a diet? It's easier to not bring the pie in the house than it is to take one bite of it. 
it's easier to say, God, I just give my whole life for you than to actually have to serve him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, that's what we do. It would be really easy for me to just say, okay, God, I'll just die for you. I'd just die for you, God. I'd just, I'd just die for you. Then to have to get up every day and do what he tells me to do. And that's what I have to do. I have to reckon myself dead every single day. I didn't tell y'all what happened a week before last when I came here. Y'all want to know? I was almost late being here. I almost ran over. Where is he? Stand up. Is it Ron? Is it Ron? Almost ran over Ron. <laughs> Coming into the... Is that right? Almost got hit by a car. Because I was throwing up so bad I couldn't get here and couldn't see out of my eyes. Because I have never in the past, I'm not going to confess it over my future, been comfortable getting up in front of people. People still don't believe me about that. God's good to me. He's merciful, isn't he? He is so merciful to me. But you have to die to what you want to do every single day. And the thing that I've found out about hearing from God, now hold on to your chairs and stick your feet underneath them because I'm going to step on your toes. (laughs) And unless you have on steel-toed shoes, I'm going to hurt you bad now because I had to learn it the hard way. Don't stick your feet out. Don't put them back up under there. Here is the ironclad way to know if you're hearing from God. Ellen already knows it. Does it benefit you or others? You want to know, am I hearing from God? Because God is a giver, and he is love. That's who he is. And he never did anything to benefit himself. Everything he ever did benefited others. Now, you want to judge the biggest, hardest thing that you'll ever do is being able to discern between spirit and soul. Is this my flesh or is this my spirit? How do I discern? I just gave you the answer. Is it for me or others? If you will ever ask yourself that question and be honest with yourself, there will never be another debate in your mind about is this me or is this God? Now, that's an answer for you. That's a revelation. That's a God thing. Because the minute you get yourself out of the picture, you got your answer. But the minute that it has to do with something for you, you can betcha Mr. Devil snuck in there some way. He is a sneaky, as Keith says, cuss. And he will sneak in there, and he will wiggle his way in there, and he will keep you from achieving what you're supposed to achieve 
by always figuring out a way. If he can't keep you from serving God, he'll figure out a way to keep you from doing it the way you're supposed to. He'll, some way he'll get in. I've seen him do it over and over again. And if you'll discern, is this about me or is this about others, you'll know if you're hearing from God. Instantly check your heart about that. Because when I wake up in the mornings, I have to discern. I don't care if it's about your wife. I don't care if it's about your kids. I don't care if it's about your dog. I don't care if it's about your boss. I don't care if it's about the person you hate. I don't care if it's about who it is. If your flesh is saying, you know what? The Word says, um, him that doesn't work shouldn't eat. But your heart's saying, you know what? Give them some money. And it takes money out of your pocket. Guess which one's God? God will always lead you in love. He will never lead you to be mean to anyone. If he wants somebody to be mean to, he's big enough to be mean to him by himself. And if he wants somebody to be down and out, he's big enough to take everything he's got from them. And if he wants somebody to be sick, he ain't going to make them sick. No way, no how. He's already healed them. But he take, they take their self out from under his covering. And if they want to be broke, they leave him. You cannot, you should never, we should never be the judge over people's lives. Our job is to be led for the other person in love. And when you begin to be led, when it doesn't apply to helping you, then you'll be able to distinguish what is God and what is me. And it'll help you. Look at this just a minute. Let's see. Um, I wrote this down, and I want to read it. It said, They seemed... To do a natural, to be, to do what was seemed to be a natural thing and stop feeling sorry for themselves and got up and went where God told them to do and took care of not only themselves but a whole nation. And that's what we're talking about. When we can quit thinking about ourselves and feeling sorry for ourselves and start looking out for what God's leading us to do that would help the other people, help others, then we'll be able to minister to whoever is around us, whatever is around us. You know, that's if you begin to study, people get legalistic about studying an exacting verse of the Bible, but when you read a book, say you read a novel... 
and you read the whole novel. Do you go away from reading that novel and think about just one sentence in that novel? Mostly you go away and you think about, okay, ladies in here, you go away and you think about, she got the guy. You know what I'm talking about? Or a guy. You read a book and you think, man, that car was bad. Why do we read, say, the New Testament and go away trying to pinpoint an exacting verse instead of getting the picture of who Jesus was and get legalistic about it? Think about it for 30 seconds here. Jesus was love. That's who he was. It's what he did. The only people Jesus was mean to was who? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. The people that were rude and mean and legalistic. I don't care if they were the saved, the unsaved, the sinners, who they were. Jesus loved them. He told them they needed to repent and get right, but he still loved them. And that's what our job is. He gave them everything he had. Everything. He gave them his life. And that's who we have to become. And the minute that we begin to see it and do it that way, then we begin to be the extension of who he is. And then you, you can be even selfish about it if you want to. Because the minute that you begin to give your life away, that's the minute that you begin to get things back in your life. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, when you begin to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, He's going to lead you in line with His Word. But He will not tell you, okay, legalistic things. Um, he will not say, um, like I said just a few minutes ago, somebody not eat if they don't work. But you see somebody walking by you and the Holy Spirit come up inside you and say, give them money to eat. And you know they ain't worked in two years. But the Holy Spirit inside you rise up in you and say, give them money to eat. What about the rest of the scriptures that talk about telling somebody to be warmed and filled? And not doing it. There's always a scripture that will go along with your leading inside you. But the thing that we must do is not let the devil talk us out of when God tells us to do something. The greatest thing that he does is play with our minds. He will begin to tell you, okay, um, you had a, a disagreement. You had a fight. A husband and wife had a fight. Okay? There's something that happens here. I don't really know what happens here. 
you begin to get ideas. They're not so good ideas. Where do they come from? But you also get some other ideas. Where do they come from? Which ones seem to dominate? Which one do you give place to? Now, you, everybody's getting real quiet, but if it wasn't so that it's the flesh, then why are there so many divorces and so many separations today? Because so many people are keeping quiet and zipping their mouths? If everybody says communication is the number one problem in marriage today, if the number one problem in marriage today was communication, then more people would be married today. Because um, I can tell Rob just as plain as I want to, Rob, you're a low-down scumbag. You never do anything I ask you to do. You're never on time. You're always late. Rob, did you understand that? Yes, ma'am. You got it, didn't you? Yes, ma'am. I communicated perfectly well to Rob. <laughs> right? Do you think that was a leading of the Holy Spirit? What would the Holy Spirit lead me to do? The Holy Spirit will lead you to zip it. If you got to get in your car and walk away, then you get in your car and you walk away. That's what he'll lead you to do. The Holy Spirit will never lead you in line with strife. He won't. He'll never lead you in line with strife. And if there's strife there, then there's torment. And if there's torment, then somebody yielded to strife and offense. And it wasn't yielding to the Holy Spirit. Somewhere in there, somebody opened a door. And the thing about it is, why, why are we, why are humans, here's a mirror, this is a mirror, why are we, I'm not looking at you, I'm looking at me, created beings so full of pride Why are we so scared to admit to anyone, you know what, I messed up. Like they never messed up before. When you know all the while that the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, that'll fix it. The Holy Spirit's saying, just say sorry. One little word. Sorry. And it'll fix it. It'll mend it. But this flesh, what does it do? Why? Because you got more flesh in you than you do spirit in you. And it causes such division with everybody. 
that nobody wants to do anything that the Holy Ghost says because they only can hear, they only can hear, they only can hear, they only can hear. I remember one night we were in a service. And um, I am so very, very thankful for the decades that the Lord led us to be with the man that I think can hear better from God than most anybody. I mean, I do. I believe Brother Hagen could hear from God as well as anybody I know. And I remember one night we were doing some services and stuff, and he was doing these Holy Spirit services. And at different times, he'd called different people up to come and share and do some things, you know. And, and this one particular night, he called up this one man. I don't think I've ever told this before, and I don't know why I'm telling it now. And when he called up this one man, the man was up there, and he was telling his testimony, and he was doing some things. Well, his wife came up and said, I want to tell it, and took the microphone. Well, she had done this before, so it wasn't really unusual for him. And um, she told the story. Well, after the service, I had been with Brother Hagen 30 years. And I had been pretty close to Brother Hagen. A lot of times, you know, he'd share things with me, and he'd, a lot of times he'd tell me things. And um, I remember one night we were in, I was helping Mom in the bathroom, and he came in and he said, why didn't you tell me this? And corrected me about a few things. And I remember another service where somebody was clapping at the altar, and he said, why didn't you go over there and correct him? I mean, he corrected me about a lot of stuff. And one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And um, so this particular night... He, he got this lady aside, and he said, uh, you know, you missed it tonight. And she said, no, I didn't. She said, you called me up there. He said, no, I didn't. He said, well, he called me up there. Talking about her husband. She said, no, he didn't. And she argued with Brother Hagen for a good 30 minutes. You know what? He never used them again. But you know what? I had the privilege of working at Rama in the admissions office for... I was over the admissions office. Cherie, how long? Where's Cherie? She in here? Is she up in... She's up in PowerPoint? She worked for me in the admissions office for several years. I don't remember how long I was over, but for several years. And I got to deal with problems you wouldn't believe. Every kind of problem that there was. I got good at dealing with problems because it seemed like that's all I dealt with was problems. And I remember years after I left there, people would come up to me afterwards and say, I'm sorry. And I would not have a clue what they were apologizing for. Because, you know, if people's hearts are right and they don't get into pride, 
and they do what the Holy Ghost is leading them to do, there's never an issue. Follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Don't follow the leadings of the flesh. If it benefits you and it makes you show and tell, what is it? Flesh. If it benefits everybody else, what is it? Most likely it's the Spirit. If it's more beneficial to others than it is to you, it's most likely the Spirit. And the reason that I'm spending extra time on this this morning is because I know that there's people in here that God wants to use desperately. And I know the leadings that Keith's going to begin to do and wanting to do here on Friday nights. And I know that he's wanting us to grow up because he keeps saying things like this. We're not just going to be a word church. We're going to be a spirit-led church. A spirit-led church. And so what that means to me is that if we can begin, as I began to do with Brother Hagin, when he'd correct me on the small things, I'd say, Gosh, Dad, I don't see it, but I know you're right because you're way more mature than I am. You've been at this for 50 years. And I'll get there. Okay, here I go. And I just stepped right into it. And I kept growing. And I just told Dave the other day, I said, Dave, you know what? When I was with Dad, I'd think, I wouldn't do it that way. I don't think that way. But you know what? I was stupid. I don't mind telling you, I was stupid. Because the more you grow, the more you realize exactly why they did it that way. They were smart. And when you get the background that they've got, you know why people do things that they do. And why God's directed them to do the things that they do. And so I want us to be very, 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 very mature and not prideful. Because if we can begin, and I know that we have a lot of rules and regulations around here, but if we can begin to get to a point where if we say, you know what? You know what? I'm not afraid to call somebody up and say, you got something? And do this and say, mm, that ain't right. But if we can get to a point to where that we can do that, God can grow us up. I mean, to a place that we can know that the Spirit is moving and it not just be two people in the pulpit, that we can have an actual church of Acts to where that all we're doing is overseeing and this one has a psalm and this one has a hymn and this one has a spiritual song and this one has a this and this one has a that. Because no one person can do it all. But what it will take is everybody starting in their place and not getting offended from the get-go. But if you can't serve in the parking lot and somebody say, you know what, we don't want that cone there, we want it here, and you can't even take that, then how in the world are you going to take it when you're up in front of people and somebody says, that wasn't right? 
your pride will take you right out that door and you'll go someplace else and you'll never serve God again. Do you know how many times my husband got corrected on TV worldwide that something wasn't right? Or how many times I got corrected that things weren't right? If we can't listen to the Holy Spirit and then have someone say, you know what, we've been doing this a little while. You want to grow up? It's like a two-year-old. Yeah, that's right, but you don't say that word quite like that, sweetheart. You say it like this, dog, not dog. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? We can grow up because there's things that Brother Hagen knew about being led by the Spirit that I didn't know. And I'm so thankful today that I followed what he taught me and didn't get my little feathers cocked up and say, I know more than you know, and I can read the Bible for myself. Because he'd been doing it for decades. And I'd been doing it for a year. But if we'll do that and we'll follow that and we'll always keep in mind, always, that it's about helping other people. And it's about loving other people. We'll win. Okay? Because that's what all serving God is about. And I know everybody, uh, I told Keith this the other day, everybody that comes to church and everybody that goes to any church is always thinking about me growing up and either being able to do something or what can I get out of it. Because that's what I did for decade after decade. What's in it for me? How can I get my bills paid? How can I get my car paid? How can my family be better? How can my kids be better? But you know what? The minute that you forget about you, you'll find out real quickly that all your stuff goes away. What does it say in Matthew? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And if you begin to do that and you begin to seek him and the good and the will of others, then everything that you're seeking God about will be added unto you. Everything will be added unto you. All right? So immediately when the, when the Lord says, okay, go see Aunt Susie, what are you going to do? You're going to check the fuel level in your car. Right? You're going to check and see if the kids have soccer today or ballet or baseball. What are you going to do? Go see Aunt Susie. Susie, Right? Or if he says sit over here today, what are you going to do? Because that person may have a hundred bucks they want to give you or you may need to give them. Who knows the case, right? We're going to be a spirit-led church and do exactly what the Lord directs us to do. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet. Father, I don't want to forget about praying and releasing our faith about healing. So every person in here that has any symptom in their body, raise your hand. All right? Every person around those people that don't have your hand raised, Get out of your chairs, go to those people and put your hand on them. Find people around you that have their hands raised.
Put your hands upon them. Choir, y'all can go to them if you want to. We'll sing in a minute. Find people around you. Let's, let's just pray for people right now. Y'all come down from here if you need to. Put your microphones down. Let's just pray for people just a minute. doesn't have to be me. It says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Get out of your chair if you're not sick and go pray for somebody. It's a good thing to do. It's love. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Put your hand down if someone is with you. If no one is with you, keep your hand up. All right. I think that's got everybody covered. Raise your hand. Wave your hand if nobody's with you. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, you said in your word, believers would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. So, Father, we have a place full of believers in here today. I thank you for each and every one of them in this place today. You're raising us up so speedily and so quickly. I just thank you that each person that has hands laid on them at this moment is recovering from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Satan, you take your hands off of their bodies. Recoveries begin now. Symptoms be gone now. Healings be ministered throughout this place. In the name of Jesus, we count it as done. And we thank you for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now everyone that believes that says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I am so excited about the future. Because you know what? I know the devil. And I know that the very people that he tries to offend and the very people that he tries to hurt and the very people that he tries to get upset and the very people that he tries to get off track and the very people that he tries to get off course are the very ones that God wants to use. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. And so I know that we have a group of people in here that ain't going to get offended about nothing. They ain't going to get their feelings hurt. They ain't going to get upset. We are going to serve God yes. if it hair lips the yes. devil, as Brother Hayden yes. used to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care what comes or goes. We are going to see manifestations of the Spirit. We're going to see Whoa. things that other people have not seen because we're going to be more grown up than other people. Hallelujah. We're going to do exactly what the Lord wants us to do and not let anything get in the way of doing that. Y'all agree with that? I believe it with all my heart. I believe it with everything in me because God set us here. You know, the other day I was dealing with a situation and God sent some people here and I was questioning some things about it. And I said, okay, Lord, okay, Lord. And he said, I'm sending you my best. 
and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe y'all are the best. Yes. I do. Absolutely. I believe it. I believe it. I have no questions about it in the whole wide world. So y'all just say it. I'm the best. I'm the best. Glory to God. Rob, come on up here before I get started again. 